Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. So we often hear about the experts, particularly the agency experts. I always want to know who are these experts? And, of course, the question is, what's the problem with letting said experts decide public policy? And that's a debate that was recently reignited after the Supreme Court curbed the Environmental Protection Agency's power to regulate greenhouse gas emissions. So while the Supreme Court decision upset some people, it should also force us to ask questions about how accountable those experts and federal agencies are to the American people. That's always the big question in my view. Daniel Ortner is the, uh, an attorney with the Pacific Legal Foundation focusing on free speech, equality under the law, and curtailing overreach of the administration state, the administrative state, excuse me. And uh, D- Daniel, you had a great piece in the Hill.com uh, talking about this very thing. So let's start for some of our listeners who may not have been paying super close attention uh, at the end of the Supreme Court session on this case uh, dealing with West Virginia and the EPA. Sure. Thank, thanks so much for having me, Boyd. So this West Virginia EPA was, uh, you know, in the public, not not as high profile maybe as some of the cases of the term, but for legal watchers of the court, a really, really consequential one. Um, this was the Environmental Protection Agency. Um, they basically claimed that uh, an obscure provision of the Clean Air Act uh, gave them the authority to eff- essentially force energy companies to adopt alternative energy sources through a cap-and-trade-like policy, eventually pushing them to have to adopt alternative sources or pay uh, high costs uh, uh, in fees. So the, the, the effect was um, that the agency said, we can force companies to, to switch to the sources of energy that we think are best. Um, and they did this using a provision that had never been used really before, never been developed uh, in the law, and that you know it was, it was really a stretch uh, linguistically, and you know to, to find that this uh, provision applied. Um, and the court essentially said um, they adopted what they called the major questions doctrine, which is to say that if 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 there's a major question that's you know a hot button controversial topic like what to do about climate change, where people debate on the left and the right what are the best policies, um, that. The court should be skeptical when agencies say, my authority, all right, you know, vast, uh, interpreted uh, broadly, allows me to deal with this problem as I see fit. Mm-hmm. Where that, that's a problem that should be left to the legislators. The legislators should have to you know, speak clearly if they want to give an agency the authority to do something as vast as uh, force energy companies to change their energy policies. That should be voted on by the elected officials in Congress, um, not taken by the agency and you know, expand their authority to, to do something that you know, they've never before been doing, that it, the Congress had never endorsed before. Yeah, so that's I, the, the theory in the case. And the court said, no, you, the agency does not have the authority uh, to uh, force energy companies to adopt alternative energy sources. Yeah, and I, I thought the best part of that was just the fact that they would, the court basically said, Congress, do your job. <laughs> yeah. It, it was always frustrating. Really, uh, you know, oh, go if, ahead. If Congress... If, uh, uh, sorry, I was say you know, if we want to have a big big changes in this country, there's there's one branch that can do that, and that's the legislative branch. The founders, you know, created a uh, system uh, divided government, uh, three branches where the legislator has legislative authority, the executive enforces laws, it doesn't write laws, and that's been a real you know, in the, over the past several decades with the, the the expansion of the administrative state. 
the executive is increasingly the one trying to make law. When, you know, when Congress doesn't act, they say we can do it anyways. Um, and the Supreme Court is pushing back on that, uh, the rise of the administrative state uh, in this decision. Yeah, and I, I think there's a, an additional component to that. And you touched on this in, in your piece as well. Uh, and that is sometimes it, it's a way for members of Congress to not be held accountable. Uh, when when I was a chief of staff, it would drive me crazy. You'd look at these bills and there would be page after page after page that would uh, say, you know, we hereby bequeath to XYZ yeah. agency ability to write this, decide what it is, enforce penalties. Uh, but then that way, when a constituent complained about it, then the member yeah. of Congress could just say, hey, it's, you know, it's not my fault. I just I just voted for the happy, you know, good sounding name of the bill. Right. Uh, if right. you have a problem, who, who, who go to those clean guys. Clean water and then a clean air. It sounds sounds wonderful. But then it's just all the details are left to the agencies to fill out. And I think we all saw that over the during the COVID-19 pandemic also with um, the governors you know, having really a blank checks in similar ways. The, you know, the statutes basically said, do whatever you need to during an emergency, uh, kind of brought a blank check there. And I think that you know, a lot of people realize that, that that's problematic. You know, it leads, leads to arbitrary decisions that make no sense uh, and no accountability to the public. And agencies are even less accountable than governors uh, during the COVID-19 era. And so I think it's, you know, it's this era of government governing by executive orders, I think, has led, us, led a lot of people to question whether that that's appropriate whether that's consistent with the constitution yeah and uh, i've been dying to ask you this daniel after reading your piece today because uh, it's something that i just keep thinking about and coming back to and you know it seems that we just have this really vicious cycle where congress you know gives agencies a blank check or they just abdicate their authority to the executive branch yeah. they're all too eager to use that but then the moment they do then somebody files a lawsuit and says well you can't do that and it works its way up to the court and then we yeah. So we shouldn't be surprised that the Supreme – that all the courts, but the Supreme Court in particular, have become so politicized because mm-hmm. they're the ones doing all the hard work and heavy lifting now. But it sort of starts with Congress and Congress abdicating their authority. Yeah. Although what I will say, Boyd, is that what you see even more so is when agencies act, mm. you have this yo-yo effect. So we've seen it. I mean when, when President Trump came in office – undid Obama-era policies. When right. President Biden comes into office, his agencies undo the Trump-era policies. And then immediately there's a lawsuit back and forth over whether the agency properly enacted this. And so it's even even more the case, actually, I think, with, with agencies running the show, yeah. you have inconsistent policies going back and forth, back and forth. Whoever's in charge uh, you know, pushes policies. And then by the time they get out of office, they're still fighting over the previous administration's policies. And we saw litigation involving the 2015 Obama-era Clean Water Act regulations, um, and then there was a Trump-era regulation and then a Biden-era administration regulation. And that's, there's finally a case this term, this, uh, the Sackett case that we have up at the U.S. Supreme Court, um, Pacific Legal Foundation, which involved the interpretation of the Clean Water Act. But those are cases that started under you know, <laughs> Obama-era rules, and now two administrations later, we're still fighting over it. Yeah. Wow. Absolutely. Uh, so as, as you look moving forward, Daniel, um, give us just some sense in terms of how this approach to it actually ends up causing problems for we the people, for all of us, uh, when Congress or the administrative state uh, acts this way. Yeah, I think we've hit on some of it, which is that ultimately you know, the legislators are not doing their job, uh, leaving it all to the agencies. Again, because it's convenient, it's easy to do, you know, to pass laws with nice titles and no substance to them, and then they don't, they're not accountable. 
and the agencies, you know, it's this back and forth, uh, highly partisan, highly politicized. You know, the, the idea of rule by experts ends up being ultimately really much more partisan. You know, people make it sound like it's these nonpartisan experts that are going to do everything uh, with uh, on the basis of science, but in reality, it's uh, just as just as partisan, if not worse. And so it, it has this this back and forth. And ultimately, what what happens? You know, it, it erodes liberty because uh, an agency does something. Uh, and enact a, a regulation, and then Congress can't act to respond to that. Congress, so inaction, when you have an administrative state that's very powerful, leads to bad you know, regulations that affect Americans. Whereas if, if there's no agency you know, doing this, the, the inaction leads to no, no laws, no policies. You know, liberty is preserved. So it, it, it kind of inverts what is normally there in the Constitution, which is you know, if a law is to be enacted, it has to be enacted by Congress, I mean, it's meant to be hard. You know, it's not yeah. easy to enact a law. You have to have two chambers of Congress enacted, have to have the president sign off on it or override a veto. It's not easy to enact laws, and that was by design. Um, and so the, it kind of flips things on its head where it becomes easier and easier for the government to regulate every American's day-to-day life and harder for the people's representatives to stand up against that and to do anything to stop it. Uh, great insight. Daniel Ortner is an attorney with the Pacific Legal Foundation. Great piece on thehill.com. Uh, Daniel, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks so much, Boyd. All right, so great insight there. Again, everyone needs to stay in their lane and do their job. Legislators legislate. Let the people in the courts do their job in interpreting it and applying it. And the executive branch needs to stay in its lane and not getting into all this executive order stuff. It is a complicated, vicious cycle, and we just got to do better. We got to do it different. We got to get back to the way it was designed.